Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to an intensive deep dive of whatever we're thinking about this week. Today, we're going to hear all about Rachel's musings. Woohoo! <laughs> I might keep that in. Hello, idiotic geniuses. Welcome to Hyperfocus. We're so excited to have you back. As we explained last time... Sometimes we get a little carried away Mm, in our comedy, especially when Lauren is the one who's presenting. I don't know if presenting is the right word. When Lauren is the one leading our podcast that day. Honestly, I think we have to blame the Vikings sometimes. Uh, No, I think we have to blame you. Mm. Um, I think you need to be canceled just a tiny, tiny bit. Isn't it your job to keep me on track? No. Okay. It's my job to be awesome on the podcast, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not your mother. That's fair. So, like last week, we have to do another segment of Eight Second Apologies. Mm. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready for me to apologize for your behavior? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I would like to apologize to our parents for Lauren's lewd and lascivious behavior in the last episode. Yeah. I would also like to apologize to male business majors who may be triggered that they can no longer get a woman via negotiation. Mm -hmm. I can say that because I'm a business major. And finally, I would like to apologize to bottoms who were offended by what Lauren said about them. It's really hard to argue with any of those, to be honest. I know. Yeah. I'm okay with having to watch business majors try to woo women, but... (laughs) Um, I'm not. Not so sorry about that one. I'm very sorry about that. As a business major, it pains me to watch that go down. That's fair. It's got to be kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Could you all hear the pain in that sigh? (laughs) Could you hear it? I could feel it, Rachel. I know you could. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they could. Mm-hmm. I hope you didn't have to feel that pain. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you never have to feel the pain of being a, I was going to say a female business major, but really just being a business major. I was going to apologize <laughs> and say we love you. 
but (laughs) (laughs) listen there are a lot of good business majors out there that's true that's true sometimes the memes have a decent bit of truth in them isn't that true of most majors though yes yeah. Yes, but I I'm a psych major. Let's not even go there. I wanted to roast the business majors today because I know how hard it is for them to get women via negotiation. Although really, isn't that all? Isn't that like, no, I'm not going to defend business majors. Never mind. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> or, business major. Or negotiating to get a romantic partner. Mm. I'm going to let that for another day. That's fair. Okay. I'm going to repress my business major tendencies. Okay. Okay. For the good of everyone. Yeah, that would be better for everyone, I think. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to get into it today? I totally am. Before we get started, I do want to give a little bit of a warning before I start talking about today's topic. Uh Uh-oh. Just that, you know, we are going to be talking about some sensitive topics today, Mm -hmm. things like narcissism, psychopaths, things like that a little bit. Um, We're not going to get anything, get into it like too deep or talk about anything especially emotional. Mm -hmm. However, because these are sensitive topics, if this isn't something you want to hear, either listen with caution or skip to the next episode. You can skip to my next episode which I'm sure will be much easier <sighs> to listen to. You're going to have to live up to that now when we record next week. Oh, yeah? It's going to have to be, quote unquote, easier to listen to. That shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. <laughs> oh, you want to go there? Let's move on, business major. Oh, no. No, no, no. Don't come for me, psych major. I know you can't handle it, so I'll stop. Can you all see the, the <laughs> glaring eyes that I'm giving Lauren right now? No, they can't see it, Rachel. I know, but they can see it in their mind's eye. Because even though as a psych major, you think you're better than everyone and you think you know everyone's emotions and all that, I am not downplaying the intellect of our listeners in the way that you are. You think they can't see it in their mind's eye? I think that they couldn't physically see you. And I think that they were probably more interested in what I was thinking. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Okay, well, (laughs) thanks for turning a trigger warning into an attack. Uh, (laughs) That's what I do best. Good job. You're going to be a great therapist and you're going to have... You're just going to create such a welcoming environment as a therapist. Dang, she came for me. That being said, I am also I not... I swear I'm nicer if you're not, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's true. Anyway, after that attack on psychology and psychologists, I would also like to say that I am not a professional. We all knew that. In I am not a professional <laughs> in the field of psychology. Anything you want to say, Lauren? Or are you done? I'm done. You're done? done. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's keep it that way. (laughs) So today I'm going to tell you about a new idea in the world of psychology. Okay. This is the concept of something called a dark empath. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. So the concept of a dark empath. Hold on. I got to adjust. You're done? Mm -hmm. Okay. Gosh. Never going to get through this episode. The concept of a dark empath actually seems to be a somewhat common personality i guess you would say or a somewhat common trait Mm -hmm. now lauren Mm -hmm. i know that as a stupid psych major (laughs) (laughs) that you know what an empath is Mm -hmm. but for those of you who don't know because you're not as pretentious as lauren i would like to give a little bit of background Most of you probably know what an empath is or have at least heard of their existence. Mm -hmm. In short, empaths are people who are highly empathetic and who are super in tune with the emotions of the people around them and they absorb these emotions. Right. So it goes beyond a reaction of like, oh, my best friend is sad and now I'm upset because I don't want them to be sad. And now we're sitting in a sad vibe. Like it goes beyond that because that is a normal range of empathy. Right. Everyone who has a normal-ish level of empathy Mm -hmm. is affected by the emotions of others. But empaths feel the emotions of others. And they feel them very deeply. 
So empaths tend to be highly sensitive and see things from the perspective of other people. Um, in my experience of people who I would classify as empaths, mm-hmm. they also tend to be rather intelligent yeah. and cognitively aware of other people's emotions, but that's not really a hard and fast rule, at right. least to my knowledge. Right. Just kind of, it seems Might to be... Might correlate. I think so. I have just seen that they sometimes uh, know or feel what I'm feeling right. or thinking before right. I do. But then that takes us to the other part of this new category of dark empath being dark, Mm -hmm. the dark side of what a dark empath is. Some of you may have heard of something called the dark triad. Lauren, I know you also know what this is, so keep it in check. Rachel, we were in class together about this. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) I just wanted to roast you, not myself, not yet. If you think a psych major is pretentious, meet a psych minor who's planning to get a PhD. This isn't about me. (laughs) This, um, This podcast is not about me. Okay. Except for most of the time, but right now it's not. The dark triad is a construct of three personality traits that are generally considered to be dark or negative traits. And this construct, this term, was coined in 2002 by researchers Delroy L. Paul Huss, Mm -hmm. I think I'm saying that correctly, and Kevin M. Williams. So the three personality traits that make up the dark triad are narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism. Mm -hmm. Quickly going to go through the three of those for anyone who might not know. So narcissism obviously can be a mental health diagnosis, but you can also just have narcissistic tendencies Mm -hmm. or traits without it being a full-blown diagnosis. I pulled a few of the symptoms from the Mayo Clinic. Mm -hmm. Just think that they had a good and understandable description Mm -hmm. of some of these. So a couple of them include having an exaggerated sense of self-importance, having a sense of entitlement, and requiring constant and excessive admiration. They often believe that they are superior and can only associate with equally special people. They monopolize conversations and belittle or look down on people that they perceive as inferior. And they may have trouble handling anything that they perceive to be criticism, which Mm -hmm. can lead to anger, impatience, and even depression and feelings of insecurity or shame. Right. Which isn't what people tend to think when they think narcissists. No, it isn't. But also, I think I know a few people like this. Yeah? Yeah. 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 We all do, don't Mm -hmm. we? Okay, we're going to move on before Mm -hmm. Lauren turns this into a therapy session. (laughs) And by therapy session, I mean a rant. Now we're going to move on to Machiavellianism, which is, of course, named after the Italian Renaissance philosopher Niccolo Machiavelli. Mm -hmm. If you don't know why, read The Prince. It'll all be made clear to you. Nerd. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Anyway, Machiavellianism is not a mental health or any other kind of diagnosis or disorder. It's more seen as a negative personality trait. Okay. You said okay like you didn't know that. I don't know that I remembered that. Okay. I've learned a lot of things about psychology, Rachel. That's fair. Okay. A lot more than a psych minor. (laughs) Come back to me in seven years when you have to call me doctor. Are you reading texts right now? You weren't talking in that moment. Because you were reading texts. I was watching you waiting for you to look away. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Are you done? (laughs) I was until you asked. The TLDR on Machiavellianism is that it is a trait that describes someone who is highly manipulative and deceptive and generally acting in this way to get what they want at the cost of other people. Mm. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact about Machiavellianism. Of the three dark traits in the dark triad, this is the one that is most highly correlated with high intelligence. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Isn't that fun? That is fun. Finally, in the dark triad, we have psychopathy. Now, I should probably quickly say that psychopathy is being a psychopath because Mm -hmm. I have been in conversations where I have said psychopathy and people have been really confused yeah 
that makes sense to me that mm-hmm. they don't know that psychopathy is a psychopath, but sometimes yeah. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. just want to make that clear. So many researchers believe that this is the darkest, quote unquote, darkest mm-hmm. of the three traits. One of the defining characteristics of psychopaths is that they don't feel empathy. Mm-hmm. This is obviously incredibly dangerous in a lot of ways in a lot of different situations. People who score high in psychopathy tend to hurt people mm-hmm. more than people who score high in the other two traits in the dark triad. Well, that makes sense yeah. because even if you you know think you yourself are really, really important, if you can still feel for someone else, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Okay, so at this point, we have people who are identified as empaths mm-hmm. and people who are identified by the traits of the dark triad. It was traditionally understood that people who score high in empathy score low on the dark triad traits Mm -hmm. and people who have a high level of dark traits would score low in empathy right however researchers from nottingham trent university in the uk recently found that there appears to be a group of people who are high in both empathy and dark triad traits oh that sounds dangerous doesn't it i found this recently and i'm she just literally shook with joy guys it's so interesting Mm -hmm. it's so interesting So now we have this novel concept of a new kind of empath, Mm -hmm. being the dark empath. And it seems counterintuitive, uh, but what not a lot of people know is that there's actually two different kinds of empathy. Mm -hmm. We have cognitive empathy and affective empathy. So affective empathy is closer to what most people think of when they think of empathy. This is more feeling. So I saw one person describe it as, quote, the capacity to vibe with others' emotions. That makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Which I loved yeah. that description. Cognitive empathy, on the other hand, is more about being able to see things mm-hmm. in the point of view of someone else. Cognitive empathy is more about understanding than vibing. Gotcha, okay. So I think of it as affective empathy being able to feel the emotions of someone else Mm -hmm. and cognitive empathy being able to know the emotions of others. Right, okay. So although it seems odd that people who are high in dark traits could also be high in empathy, this is an important distinction. So it appears that highly empathetic people Mm -hmm. or HEPs or empaths have higher levels of affective empathy, whereas dark empaths are higher in cognitive empathy. Oh, interesting. Okay. So now I want to take it back to the study a little bit. So like I said, this study was done by a group of researchers from Nottingham Trent University in the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And this study was completed in 2020. I say completed, but I'm not totally sure that that's true. It said like revised oh, gotcha. January okay. 2020. So it was like done, done in 2020. But it was right. probably, you know, data collected before that. Yeah. Anyway, completed in 2020. And it was just published in the February 2021 edition of Personality and Individual Differences. So it's very recent. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like days ago. So I just want to quickly name these researchers because psychological research is hard work. Mm-hmm. So I am very sorry. I'm going to mispronounce all of your names, but I want to shout you out anyway. Nadja Heim, Franza Kabowski, Claire A.J. Bloxham, Allison Blanchard, Alexandra Harper, Louise Wallace, Jennifer Firth, and Alexander Sumich. Or Sumich. Good job, guys. You gave me Yeah, some- well done. Yes. Thank you. Super interesting. Although I will say I didn't actually read the study. I read their abstract. Okay. And I skimmed it, but I mainly just read an article about this study. Gotcha. But I'll link the study because I'm pretty sure it's open source. Yeah. So if anyone wants to read it, I will put it out there. Yeah. So this study included 991 participants who were all in their early 20s and 30s. And the participants completed surveys that measured dark triad traits, empathy, the five-factor personality model, also known as the big five, mm-hmm. relational aggression, depression, anxiety, and stress, ability to enjoy life, and self-criticism. 
In their analysis, the researchers identified four different categories. Dark triad, Mm -hmm. which had 128 people. Dark empaths, 175. Typicals, which I just think is a funny term for like being normal. (laughs) Typicals, 331 people. And empaths, 357 people. Oh, wow. Okay. Men in general were more likely to be categorized as DT or DE. DT meaning dark triad. DE meaning dark empathy. But beyond gender, it does seem that there was a significant group of people who were higher than average in both dark traits and in empathy. Wow, okay. Now this is fascinating for multiple reasons. But just from a research perspective, these two things were largely thought to be pretty much mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. And now we're finding out that they aren't, which just goes to show the complexity of humanity and duality of man. But that's another episode (laughs) that I could talk about for hours. So this study shows a significant pattern here, which is a great first step in proving the existence of dark empaths. But they also went on to explain some characteristics of this group beyond the fact that they score high in both empathy and dark traits. Mm -hmm. So dark empaths exhibit higher levels of extroversion and neuroticism than the typicals. Oh, interesting. Dark empaths scored higher on subscales of malicious humor and guilt induction than typicals and empaths. Oh, so they'd be really good at it. Yes. Yeah. Very good at malicious humor. So, you know, dark humor, making fun of other Mm -hmm. people, that kind of stuff, as well as guilt induction, just making people feel guilty. They're very good at those things. Yeah. Both dark triad and dark empaths showed similar levels of vulnerable narcissism, leadership, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism. Wow. So that's not great. Yeah, no. Dark empaths were higher on grandiosity than dark triad, but lower on exploitativeness. Up until now, most of the traits of dark empaths are similar to the traits of dark triad, the ones that I've described so Mm -hmm. far. But remember that they're also high in empathy as well. Right. So dark empaths and empaths had higher levels of shame than typicals. So you kind of have both ends of the spectrum feeling a lot of shame. Yeah. But then the group in the middle, like the typicals, showed lower levels. And by lower, I mean like average levels. Yeah. But then you had empaths and dark empaths both feeling a lot of shame on either end of that. Okay. Although dark empaths and dark triads ranked more poorly than typicals and empaths in close relationships, dark empaths do appear to do better than dark triads in a lot of measures of well-being, such as close relationships, anxiety, social pleasure, and social pressure. That actually makes sense also Mm -hmm. if they're able to fit in better with people and able to understand emotions better. Isn't this super interesting? That's crazy. So of course, this is the first study of its kind, at least that I know of. Mm -hmm. So there's going to need to be a lot more research and replication and more diversity of samples to see just how scientifically supported this is. But I do think they're onto something here. Yeah. And just the fact that their study showed that what, like 18% of their participants fit into this group is promising that it's not just a fluke. Yeah. I think. So the guy that wrote the article on this that I read, Grant Hillary Brenner, MD, FAPA, has a great description of what a dark empath is. It's more casual and has less psychological jargon. So I think that could be helpful. I think it's just very apt. He says, quote, The dark empath is a familiar character in literature and media, different from the cold, more exploitative, classic dark triad individual. We are drawn to the combination of sexy darkness alongside the sparkle and charisma of warmth. It's totally rock star. It's superhero. It's vampire vegan. It's straight up badass. A dark crusader for good, flawed yet gifted, burdened with power and responsibility, typically compassionate at least partly from overcoming personal trauma, however imperfectly. 
A bit of edginess spices things up, resonating with both extroversion, relative agreeableness, and lower aggression compared with dark triad, and neuroticism, suggesting as the study authors note that empathy appears to temper socially disadvantageous dark antagonism. Interesting. It presents it in a much more, like, positive light, I think. Positive light and also makes it feel more personal. Right. Less clinical and more real. Yeah. So while it might sound scary on the surface that there are so many people, both dark triad and dark empaths, Mm -hmm. who have high levels of dark traits, there might be more to it than that. Yeah. And there, there is validity in that. There is validity in being concerned about people who have those traits. Mm-hmm. You should be concerned if there are people in your life who score very highly yeah. in dark triad. <laughs> and using dark traits and tendencies against other people is always inexcusable. But dark empathy itself really might be a good thing in some situations. Mm. And I want to take you through a few of the possible positive traits and benevolent uses of dark empathy. Okay. Some of these are my opinion. Some of them are things I found on the internet. (laughs) And these don't, the positive side of dark empathy doesn't negate the negative side of it. I just want to present a a different side of it. Some argue that dark traits are evolutionarily advantageous. Mm -hmm. Might be things like, you know, good of the community might depend partially on aggressiveness. Mm -hmm. Things like that when it was much more primal those were possibly much more important to the good of society. Right. I also think that there's a lot of validity to the idea that we need all kinds of people. Yeah. And I do think that some of these dark traits can be used for good. Mm. They can be used for strategy and in situations when a certain level of aggression is necessary. I also think that manipulation can be used for good. That sounds like another episode. (laughs) (laughs) It does. I, I'll give you a little, just a, just, just a tad of logic behind that. Mm-hmm. I personally think that you can manipulate people into being happier or better people or whatever, despite the negativity surrounding that word. It might be more along the lines of like behavior adjustment. Okay. But I think that falls under manipulation. That's a very interesting theory. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. But just know that when I say the word manipulation, it uh, I, I don't necessarily mean it in the traditional sense. Sometimes it's more positively stated as the ability to influence. Correct. Mm-hmm. I think that falls under manipulation. And we, we do know that people who, especially in uh, Machiavellianism, do have a lot of charisma mm-hmm. and can be very influential. And sometimes if the other dark traits are higher, they use that for bad or for evil, however you want to describe that. But I do think it can be used for good just with conscious choice. So that's what I mean by manipulation being used for good. I want to make that clear. (laughs) Personally, I think that we will eventually find out that this group has higher than average intelligence. Mm. But of course, that is just a personal hypothesis. In general, I think an, an ability to kind of see through the emotions and motivations of other people can be highly beneficial to individuals and Mm -hmm. to groups to which the individuals belong. Right. Especially when paired with higher levels of empathy. Interesting, yeah. Which is the dark empath. Yeah. One of the best proposed benefits of this group that I've heard is career-wise. This is basically the idea that people who are dark empaths are better at the kind of high-stress jobs that most people would not be great at or would find to be highly emotionally draining. Mm. Think police officers, firefighters, EMTs, That's interesting. ER doctors and nurses, homicide detectives. Yeah. 
basically people who care about others and want to help, but who can cut themselves off from the emotionality of the situation in order to make rational decisions and aid in the best way possible. That's very interesting. Isn't that? Mm -hmm. That made a lot of sense to me. Now, these jobs would be very hard for you to do if you are an empath and you're feeling the emotions of everyone you come into contact with, as opposed to simply understanding others' emotions through cognitive empathy. That's really cool. I loved that. I really loved that. However, I mean, we don't we don't really know how dark empathy plays out yeah. at this point. That's true. So, It'll be interesting to see if the research supports that. Right. Maybe it's just like you were saying before that we need a mixture of people. So maybe you just need mm-hmm. somebody in those kinds of jobs who can stay level-headed. And mm-hmm. then you people need also need people that are more traditionally empathetic or even just like typical who can balance that out and be more emotional in that situation. I think that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I think there there's a there's a way and a place for dark empaths to really, really support their communities and do good things. Yeah. Even though it might not necessarily be their natural inclination. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, it might be. We don't know yet. We don't know. So, like I said earlier, this is just, these are just hypotheses. Like, yeah, what we know about this group of people is what those researchers found out. And this is an analysis of that, not having further research with it. Right. But this right. is... I think very plausible ways that it could go and also possible future research topics. Yeah, definitely. I did come into contact with a few opinions about how this, how dark empathy is a really bad thing. I personally don't really agree. Mm. I think that it definitely can be a bad thing. And I think that this group of people is rather neutral, actually, Mm. but that they have the capacity for good or evil. Right. Like most people do. (laughs) Again, I do want to emphasize that this is new research and my ideas here are just speculation um, and that I'm also not a professional, but that this is just my opinion on a more philosophical level. It's psychologically informed, but it is more of a philosophical opinion at this point. Right. That being said, I think that an emotionally and mentally healthy dark empath who maybe just barely falls into the category of dark you know who's like yeah. above average in dark traits but not super high right could probably be a great therapist that's interesting but that an unhealthy dark empath could be a manipulative abusive serial criminal yeah and i could i could actually see a situation in which the dark empath therapist mm-hmm. is like working in a prison mm-hmm. providing counseling services to the serial criminal dark empath. Right. And actually helping them. Yeah. Like it, it, to me, it appears that it could really go completely in either direction. Yeah. Our neighbors are being loud again. Yeah. They're always loud on Fridays. Stupid neighbors. <laughs> so I wish I, you all didn't live here. Have the whole building to ourselves. <laughs> actually, should we tell them what's been going on in our building? Why are you giving me that face? I think we could. I feel like it's time for a little... A uh, little personal story. A little personal story. We've been going at this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Let's give them a little uh, a little breather. Yeah. That breather is that we don't have water. I mean, we we have water. Our water is contaminated. Our water is contaminated. The whole building. Mm-hmm. Like the whole surrounding area of our building too. Yep. We have running water. It cannot be consumed. We cannot. I mean, they say you can touch it, but I'm afraid. Have you washed your hands with it? One time on accident. Really? I've been washing my hands with it. Oh, I don't wash my hands with it. I have gross. You're gross. What? They said it was completely safe to wash your hands or bathe in it, but that you shouldn't consume it. So don't drink it, cook with it, wash your dishes with it. I don't like it. Why not both? Why not wash your hands with the water and then also sanitize? 
Could do both. Yeah. Because I don't feel like hand sanitizer really. It doesn't get the grime off. Mm. Kills the germs, doesn't get the grime off. That's fair. So anyway, that is what is going on in our lives right now. Do you remember on Voitech when we were talking about how we have unlimited showers? (laughs) (laughs) And how we didn't deserve them? The universe hurt us. Bro. I would like to recant my former statement in which I said that we did not deserve showers. We do. Please give them to us. We want them badly. We want them back. Very badly. <laughs> if the spirit of Voitech would please be so kind. We promise to time travel for you. Will you please time travel for us? <laughs> imagine Voitech time traveling for us. That's my dream. I can't imagine him being able to get in the building. Like he'd be too heavy to, and too big to get through the doors and stuff. Dude, we have double doors everywhere. That's true. You think a bear? Also, about like the elevator though. You think a bear couldn't get on the elevator? I think a bear could. He'd have to go on it alone, though, because otherwise they'd pass the wait requirement, and you know people won't wait. (laughs) He has to wear a mask in the building, that's all. Yeah. That's it. Anyway. He probably got the vaccine already. He probably volunteered as a trial participant. I think Voidek's just immune. Mm, He's just immune. He can't contract it or carry it. I think that sounds right to me. Voidek is the cure to COVID. Yep. Just seeing him. That really would have helped you out. Hey. (laughs) I was alone. I know. I'm isolated so sorry. without Voitech to cure me of my COVID. But it's fine. He cured me by just letting me do a podcast on him weeks later. That's good. Anyway, let's get back to it. All right. So I'm not going to speculate anymore, but I will leave you with this. Regardless of whether or not dark empaths are more quote unquote good or quote unquote bad, you do want to be careful around anyone who displays dark traits. Cognitive empathy, when used incorrectly by someone who is, you know, a narcissistic Machiavellian, it's not an excuse for bad or abusive behavior. Absolutely not. But also know that if you score slightly above average on the dark triad, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a terrible person who Mm-mm. manipulates people and uses the people around you. Just means you have a different skill set. I was going to (laughs) say, it might just mean that you need to be cognizant of your tendencies and try to focus on being kind sometimes. That too. That too. (laughs) But also it might mean that you have a different skill set. Yeah. There really is no one size fits all for this kind of thing. No, there's not. It seems to me that even though they did qualify it into four categories, it's not like you are dark triad or you are empathetic. They're both like a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So even though there are four categories, you can really be like on the edge of two of them. Yeah, definitely. Like it's just, it really just isn't a one size fits all thing. So I think I'm going to stop there today. I could go on and on about this topic and I want to because like Lauren said, literally shaking with excitement about this new study. I actually didn't even learn about this until a few days ago. Oh, wow. And I am just already fascinated by it. And I was actually... um. I was looking at, like when I was prepping this episode, I was looking at my list because I just kind of have a running list of topics that I want to cover on the podcast Mm -hmm. and I couldn't pick one. After like three hours, three or four hours of just hyper fixating on dark empaths, I was like, wait, maybe I should take this idea (laughs) that I am hyper fixating on for our podcast that's literally called hyper focus. That sounds like a good decision. It's a little concerning that it took me multiple hours Mm -hmm. to figure that out. But you got there. I did get there. Thank you for Mm -hmm. supporting me. Oh yeah, always. Well, no, sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes at most. Did you enjoy that? I did enjoy that. I loved learning about that. We bonded over forensic psychology. We did. That's when we became friends. Mm -hmm. That's when we became friends. This kind of thing is like nostalgic and fascinating to both of us. (laughs) I feel like it's a little concerning that dark 
criminal psychology. We're like, oh, nostalgia. If you're the kind of person that got this far in this episode, you understand. That's really true. And also, if you're the kind of person that got this far in the episode, you're the kind of person who should listen to us more often. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that you're the kind of person who should follow our social media. Oh, yes, please do. You can follow us on Instagram at hyperfocuspod. You can follow us on Twitter at hyperfocus underscore pod. You can follow us on TikTok at hyperfocuspod, which is now up and running. You can also send us an email at hyperfocuscast at gmail.com. That's correct. That is hyperfocuscast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts on this episode or send us topic ideas. Like we've said before, love letters to me, hate mail to Lauren. Yep, we'll also take, well, you already said that, never mind. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say we'll take topic ideas. We will. That. We will. Really I did already say that. We want your topic ideas. We do want your topic ideas. I mean, we've, we've got plenty of our own ideas, but we want to expand our horizons. We want to mm-hmm. learn about things that we don't already know about. Yeah. So we're telling you mostly about things that we know about and are really interested in that mm-hmm. we want to share with the world. We would love for you to share with us. Yes. So if you do. have a topic idea, please email us and put that in the subject line. We never really did come up with a catchy name to put in the subject line, but put something about topic. Say it's a new topic. Say topic. Give us a ca- catchy name to oh, put in the subject true. line. If you have a catchy name for a subject line for these emails, please include it as the subject line in your email. Or if you have an idea for a catchy subject line, make the subject line catchy subject line idea. And then list them. And then list them. Just hundreds of them in one email we will read three of them but we will appreciate the effort thank you for tolerating us today thank you so much we love ya stay chaotic babes Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.